people in Atlanta know who you are. Mm-hmm. You're like Atlanta royalty. Mm-hmm. You know, you being such a, a a well-known person, obviously like blogs and your 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 partner is two chains and how do you deal with the heat that comes with who you are. Uh, I mean, I have people, you know, making fake pages, you know, when my daughter passed and, you know, just saying all type of stuff, you know, you shouldn't have married your wife. You've gone through things within our restaurant that were extremely blown up because mm-hmm. my partner is too changed, you know, mm-hmm. landed us on shade room and the thing, things of that nature. You just have to really, truly stay grounded, stay focused. You got to know why you're doing it. And a lot of times you have to be able to shut that stuff up. You know, when you pass, your headstone says mother, mm-hmm. wife, friend yeah it names the roles that you've yes. had in people's life mm-hmm. it's not gonna say business <laughs> owner. owner of escobar mm-hmm. none of that stuff is important yeah mm-hmm. we can't take none of that with us mm-hmm. your partner is two chains like hello mm-hmm. two chains how did that come about <laughs> my realtor was good friends with his realtor and now right before i had went on this trip to jamaica i had put in an application on this spot that i wanted Mm -hmm. it was on peter street so while i'm in jail i want to see you know if that realtor has gotten back to me on that property and he's like uh there's actually another property that's on that same street that's owned by a a famous rapper that's from Atlanta and he's actually heard of you and he wants to do business with you. I'm like, you know, well, who is it? And he's like, two chains. What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of It's It's Non-Negotiable. This is where we set non-negotiables with people, places, things, experiences, and opportunities that do not serve you so you can create a life that you love. My name is Sarah Fontenot. I'm Ernestine Morrison. And I'm Amber Ty. And today we are joined by an incredible woman, a personal friend of mine, a serial entrepreneur, an impactor, an access giver. I mean, she's practically hired most of Atlanta. Let's just put that out there. And now franchising outside of the state, creating opportunities from salon suites to restaurants, so many different really cool things. And more than any of the monetary success, she's just a dope person. So we are honored and blessed to have Snoop in the building today. Appreciate that. Man, Sarah, you know how to introduce somebody. Blow my head all the way. Tell the truth. That's all I gotta do. Tell the truth. So Snoop, we're gonna having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. We thank you for being here. We're gonna kick it right off with what does it's non-negotiable mean to you? So uh I think, you know, it's non-negotiable kind of defines me. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those type of people that people already know my non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. They know what they don't need to do mm-hmm. for me to go there or <laughs> cut them off. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um, it's non-negotiable means uh, boundaries that you have in place or either things that, you know, you're just not willing to deal with or energy or spaces or People, places, like Sarah was saying, yeah. you know, that you know, you just, um, you know, that you know are just not negotiable for yeah. you, you know? I feel like you already have an aura and a presence about you right. that's like, don't try me anyway. <laughs> like, before you not, before, you know how, like, you know, it's true, your energy and your presence, your aura speaks for you in a room before your mouth does. And when yeah. you walk into a room, it's like, oh, don't play with her. Right. <laughs> don't even think about trying her. Don't right. no, that's, that's good. <laughs> that's good. That's yeah. a good way to set it off. And I love it because you do obviously have these um, strong non-negotiables and you also hold the people in your life to a higher standard. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of a story. I love Snoop. Like, I literally love this 
woman. She will call me out. And you got to get friends. Like, you got to have people in your life that call you out on your BS. And we were out one time. And I was saying something. And while, like, mid-sentence, she was like, girl... If you don't cut that out, I was like, first of all, don't nobody even talk now, which, to me like that. Which time was this, Sarah? Because <laughs> <laughs> it'd be a couple times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Snoop, one, she's going to give it to you real, raw, and unfiltered, but it always comes from a place of love, yeah. accountability, devil's advocate, which we both do for mm-hmm. each other. Absolutely. Sometimes we hate it, but um, really and truly, how did you develop like that level of standard? Man, I'm an Aries. First sign of the Zodiac. You know, I just have always been like this my entire life. Just real, you know, straight up. Um, I'm going to say what's on my mind. I've had to, literally in my younger years, I had to pray on my tongue. Mm. You know, Ooh, gee, Jesus. tongue <laughs> can be a very powerful thing yeah. in so many ways, pros and cons, mm. you know. And um, number one, everybody can't handle that type of energy. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. can't handle, you know, that straight up personality. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody giving it to them real or straight up. You know, you got a lot of people that's going to agree with you and then they can get with their little friends and stuff like that, you know, and, and really say how they feel (laughs) you know what i mean um you know i'm just not that type of person you know i'm gonna keep it real i've always been that way my entire life Mm -hmm. so where'd you grow up so I grew up in a couple of different places, more so. So I'm originally from Detroit. I just knew like it. you. Uh-huh. I knew you were from Detroit. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I did live in. So uh, we moved to Nashville when I was about twelve. Okay. And so I grew up in Nashville. Detroit and then, from Nashville to Nashville. Girl, that is a culture oh shock. <laughs> Listen, Tell we did Detroit to Durham, Tell- North Carolina. Oh, okay. That was so cool. you experienced, yeah. you know, some, somewhat similar. <laughs> um, and then I moved to Atlanta probably about thirteen years ago. Okay. So. So you were in Nashville that whole time, and then you came to Yes. Atlanta. You're halfway mm-hmm. peach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Halfway, You've been bit. in Atlanta 10 years bit. plus. Like, you're yeah, halfway peach. Yeah, you're a peach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, when I, the very first time I met you um, was, I think it was right around the grand opening of one of your restaurants. Okay. Um, and I was just like, a black woman owns this? So yeah. I'm like, this is, okay, this is so cool. <laughs> like, where did you get that entrepreneur spirit? Or have you always been an entrepreneur? Kind of always had it a little bit, you know, so growing up, of course, you know, you're you're always asked, you know, what do you want to do when you grow mm-hmm. up? So I always tell my mom, I'm going to own a bunch of businesses and take care of you. Mm-hmm. Didn't necessarily have like a niche industry, you know, that I was interested in. Um, I just knew I was going to be somebody in charge. I've done a lot of had my hands involved in a lot of different types of businesses, uh, but kind of settled on the restaurant industry and don't mean settled in, in the exact terms, you know, that it that it stands for, just that I've done so many different things, but kind of, I guess, found my way yeah. in the restaurant industry. Uh, but I had, I actually did a calendar in Nashville for some models and in doing the calendar and having to promote it, we were having to go to various restaurants, lounges, clubs. And so I'm always looking at what everybody does and how much they make. And, you know, I want to be up there as well. And I'm like, oh, no, nah, man, I'm on the wrong end of the side right. of this thing. You know what I'm saying? I need to be doing what he does. Yeah. And so that was how I got into it. And it's just something that I have learned to love. Um, definitely have some feelings of different feelings about it present day. The, the restaurant industry can be very That's grueling, hard. very tiring. Mm-hmm. Um you always are having to watch out for people that's smiling in your face but stealing from you behind Ooh. your back. You know, it's an industry where 
your money goes through so many hands mm. before it actually it's touches a, yours. Yeah, wow. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's, like a, tele- it's like a telephone game. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm telling somebody, oh, Sarah looked cute. She had on a green dress and some gray hair. And then, you know, by the time it get back to her, she had on a blue dress and, you know, a red wig. <laughs> right. So, so. Right. <laughs> Same thing, you know, with your money in the restaurant industry. But um, I do enjoy just having a space where people can come and just kind of have an outlet. You know, yeah. people go to restaurants and lounges for many different reasons. Um, and, you know, it can be therapeutic for people. It can be a place to celebrate, you know, something special yeah. or just go get a, a good meal, you know? So Now, do you feel like because you're a woman in this space and it's a pretty male dominated industry mm-hmm. that you're in, do you have any um, troubles or obstacles because you're a woman in this space? I don't because people know I don't play that shit. So just <laughs> like you said, just like you said, I give that or, you, you know do. what I mean? So um, I think it's important the type of aura that you give off. Yeah. You know, my aura is that I'm not to be played with. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So um, I don't come in. I don't try to be. I'm a very, very nice person mm-hmm. to the people that, that know me. But that's not going to be the first thing that you say, yes. you know, about me. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't mind I that. I feel you. You know what I mean? I don't mind that. Because, you know, a lot of times when people look at that, you know, they feel like they can take advantage of a person yeah. like that. And being in this type of industry, you just, if if you meet a woman, um, I've, I've got a couple different friends, Gaucher, Pinky, that are women in this industry, we all get that same yep. type of like headstrong yep. personality. I'm not to be played with. Mm. Um, you know, so, and, and that is extremely important in an industry like this. I also think that women can be more successful because a lot of men in this industry, um, and I don't know how much I got to tailor my, my language, you know, cause I'm, I'm a real person, but you know, um, a lot of men, you know, they're weak when it comes to females, you Ooh. know? And so, you know, Ooh. you got females working for I'm you, preaching today. you know, you in the industry, you know, or you got a restaurant where, you know, you can go in, eat for free, drink for free, bring your friends, all, all those type of things. And a lot of men, um, they really get hung by their nuts, you know, mm-hmm. with a situation like that, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, you got these young, pretty girls that's working for you and, you know, get they, up. they start they getting caught friends. up, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, you know, it's a lot of things that you have to watch out for, but I think that women can really dominate an industry like this, you yeah. know, because of our ability to be headstrong yeah. and not be weak when it comes to things. Like I think that. that's a bar for life though, whether you are a restaurant owner yes. or an entrepreneur, I think women in general, and it's honestly why I'm so um, uh, cognizant of how I walk, how my energy is into a space. And I'm the same way as you. You, Your first impression, your first words about me may not be she's the nicest. Now I am mm-hmm. nice once you know me, right. but that's not what I lead with because I need you to understand that you can't play with me. Mm-hmm. When I quit mm-hmm. Neiman Marcus in 2014, I started my own personal shopping company and I had 36 NFL players at one point on my roster that I was shopping for, mm-hmm. doing their clothes, their wardrobe, from the who's to the who's who and I'm like if I want to be taken serious I got to lead with look you can't play with me because I already know I'm a pretty Mm -hmm. girl you probably want to hit and it's like I think that if women took that stance in everything relationships friendships romantic relationships business like that's why sometimes I feel like women get the short end of the stick because you lead with the wrong thing you want to lead with your looks you want to lead with your sexiness you want to lead with being nice and it's like no you have to walk into a space and walk into an atmosphere and let that atmosphere know you can't play with me that can be nice but you're not going to play with me either right 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 Uh yeah Absolutely. So Snoop, you talked about um, how grueling the restaurant business can be. And I opened up 
two restaurants in my lifetime. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I didn't own them, but I was managing them. Mm-hmm. So one was Wolfgang Puck. He had a restaurant okay. in Detroit. And then another one was Andiamo in Detroit. And I was there during the planning process, opening, it's training. It's grueling, this right? It is awful. And, and when you're helping open something Ooh. or on a management team, you know, the owners are expecting you to put in at minimum 50 hours a yes, week. Yes, minimum. minimum. Wolfgang bought Jeez. us... Um, hotel rooms because he did not want us to leave. Yes, yeah, it's it just crazy. like what type of quality of life can yes. I have outside of this? So that's know? what I was going to ask you. How do you balance your personal life and business life? Because you have so many different businesses. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? And Because I, I know how many hours you got to spend in the restaurant. Yeah, so balance is extremely important for me. And I would say I started really being serious about the balance in my life maybe about three or four years ago. Um, and definitely even more so most recently, um, you know, I lost my daughter in October of last year. And so number one, just having a child, Mm -hmm. you know, um, my only child, uh, got pregnant with my daughter at 14, had her at 15. Wow. So it just was always important to me. Like that was my why, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And so, um, you know, in doing that, it's just like, I'm not just about to work super, super hard. And then this is all we have. We don't have any memories together. We're not traveling. We're not doing things. You know, we're not living life. And we're really, I think death puts things into perspective yeah. really and truly for people. And what really happened is a uh, great grandmother of mine passed about four years ago. And, uh, she was one of those type of people that was like, you know, supposed to have like all of this money, right? And all of this stuff. And she was always kind of like throwing her wheel up in people's face and all this stuff. But uh, anyways, I just remember when she passed, what was crazy to me is is just really thinking, you know, when you pass, your headstone says mother, mm. wife, friend. Yeah. You know, it it names the roles that you've yes. had in people's life. Mm-hmm. It's not going to say <laughs> business owner, owner of Escobar. Millionaire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Business mm-hmm. partner. Mm-hmm. Franchise owner of Remedy Salon Suites. Mm-hmm. None of that stuff is important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can't take none of that shit with us. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think when you really, truly understand that, and when you get to the point you know, like I lost my child, yeah. my only child, yeah. you know, oh I found her as well. Jesus. And I think when you go through something like that, it just really, really puts into perspective that number one, life is extremely short. Yeah. Yes. It is It is so important to live in the moment and to realize how, how short life is mm-hmm. and to think about, you know, how do I want to be remembered yeah. when I leave here? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Am I really giving it all to my family? Mm-hmm. Am I really being there, you know, for, you know, my parents who may not be here five or 10 years from now, mm-hmm. may not be here tomorrow. We don't know when we walk out of this motherfucker today mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who may not yeah. wake up tomorrow. Yeah. Right? You know yeah. what I'm saying? And those type of things are important. So that's what really taught me balance and, you know, <laughs> just truly realizing and seeing, um, you know, even seeing like with some of my staff, you know, uh, even looking at with my daughter, my daughter loved them damn restaurants, you know what I'm saying? And if it wasn't for me, they would have just went on about their business. It's mm-hmm. only when the owner passed, you know, now if something was to happen to me, yeah, they're going to shut down for a little bit because they got to <laughs> my name on everything, you know what I'm saying? Right. But, you know, like it is, it, it's the value 
for us and life is the relationships that we have yes. with the people in our life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot yes. of people really get caught up, you know, and chasing the dollar and stuff like that. And then I also think for me, you know, I've been rich for a while. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of people got pandemic rich. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I've been rich for a little second. So, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just, just like, I mean, if I don't make another dollar, you know what I'm saying? I'm cool, mm-hmm. you know, and at some point, you have to realize like, hey, what am I doing this for? What am I living this life yeah. for? Like, what do I really love and enjoy? And those are the things that I personally want to spend the majority of my time doing. Yeah. And for me, uh, it's no longer, you know, always opening up two and three businesses a year, you know, chasing a dollar. I mean, I used to be just so extremely driven. I couldn't go to sleep because yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about the next big thing. Yeah. What am I going to do next? You know, I've been in, just opened up something Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday, I'm looking, about, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, nah, man, you know, stop and smell the roses mm-hmm. for a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. catch your breath. Well, first, sorry to hear about Enjoy your daughter. Yourself. That's just like, can you just imagine? Thank you. I appreciate it. How have you just been picking up the pieces and, and moving forward? Mm. Can I add to her question? Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, I know that a lot of the times, like, you know, when you lose a parent, you are an orphan. When you lose a husband or a wife, you're a widower, a widower. But when you lose a child, there's not even a name for it. And so I know inside of conversations, do you feel like you, like, what is the struggle with survivor's remorse inside mm. of your day to day? Wow. And how do you that's, overcome that's a, that? That's a really good question, Sarah. Um. You know, so first to answer, Ernestine, you know, every day is different. Yeah. You know, every day is different. <laughs> it's funny sometimes, you know, a friend or somebody may text me and say, oh, I hope you're having a great day. Mm. And I'm thinking, how? Mm. No day for me is a good day or a great day without my child. Mm. You know, somebody that you as a woman pushed into this world Mm -hmm. you know y'all have kids yeah so you know what you go through yeah in labor you know Mm -hmm. what i mean you literally sit up and physically push a human into Mm -hmm. this world that is the person on this earth that you share the most memories with Mm -hmm. every single birthday with that person Mm -hmm. you know everything you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and it's 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 not something that you ever think will change you never think about losing your child you know you just don't you know um i used to think about it used to bring me to tears just thinking about how i would be if something happened to my mom yeah you know and you know somebody told me you know we are we're here to bury our parents you know that is the natural order of things you know what i mean um we're not supposed to bury our kids, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's never supposed to happen. And I think sometimes we take them for granted, <laughs> you know, cause you know, we do so much for them. We sacrifice so much and, you know, expect so much from them. And, you know, and, and we never ever think that something like that could actually be possible. Yeah. You know, my daughter worked for me and everything, you know what I mean? Um, she was synonymous with Escobar and Remini and all of my businesses, all of my locations. You know, it 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 brought shockwaves to, you know, two chains and everybody, mm-hmm. you know, world. that worked for us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, you know, so for me on a daily day to day basis, you know, in the beginning, um, I mean, there were a lot of days that I did not want to get out of bed and that I did not get out of bed, you know, Mm -hmm. and that it was just more so about, um, 
taking care of myself, you know, and how do I learn to live on this earth, you know, without my daughter, you yeah. know, because when you're a mother, your life evolves around mm -hmm. your children, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so, and I don't care how old they are, you know, my daughter was 22, you know, when she passed, but, uh, <laughs> you know, so it is a, it's a daily journal. It's a daily journey. Um, I have to, you know, find what works for me, you know, what helps get me through, um, you know, whether it's therapy, whether it's journaling, whether it's sometimes it's drinking, sometimes it's being recluse, you know, um, yeah. I find myself, you know, one thing about me, I've never been a jealous person, mm -hmm. you know, I've always had everything I wanted and if I didn't have it, I could get it, yeah. you know what I mean? I could obtain it, you know? Um, even being a gay woman, you know, I had already had a child, you know, so I didn't even have to worry about, you know, how a lot of these women, you know, oh, we're going to do IBF, what we're going to do, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I, for the first time in my life, you know, found my way, found myself feeling jealous, you know, about, you know, just seeing people with their kids, you know, mm, wow. my best friend wow. got pregnant a week after my daughter passed mm, and wow. you know she's always been we've been best friends since i was 16. Mm. so for 22 years she's always been somebody that understood me our lives were kind of parallel in the things that we were going through and i found myself really feeling some type of way initially because i felt like you know number one i felt bad because it's just like you know we've always been there for each other and here it is now this is the best time of her life mm -hmm. yet it is time. the worst time of mine, mine. Wow. you know and Jesus. how am i going to be able to show up mm -hmm. and be the best friend that she deserves during this and then secondly selfishly she's no longer going to be as concerned about me because mm -hmm. you know you know, of she's course, new like, she's somebody, yeah, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? That, you know, you've been wanting to be pregnant for a while. It's finally happening. You know, she's in a great relationship with her boyfriend, mm -hmm. you know, so it's like, this is bliss and happiness, you know, mm -hmm. um, in the midst of this, this, you know, tragedy, mm -hmm. you know, so um, wow, wow, wow. it just, it has been totally different. You know, I've never been a person that has been lost for words. Mm -hmm. I mean, for the first few days, I could barely even really talk. Um, I still have a lot of times, like my wife, you know, when I go like this, <sighs> that means it's just, I'm thinking about it. It's taking my breath away. Um, you know, I still cry mm -hmm. every yeah. single day, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. um, I never have a day that yeah. goes mm -hmm. by yeah. that I don't cry and think about my daughter, mm -hmm. you know, um. And I'm sorry for your loss as well, you Thank know, you. but you're a good friend. Um, and, you know, it, it just, you know, that is one thing that we learned, you know, through the Bible, you know, and for people that are religious that, you know, in this human experience that, that there will be suffering. And mm -hmm. that is a commonality that we all will have the longer that you live. Yeah. You, you will lose people in your life yeah. that you love and cherish. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it just teaches all of us to really cherish people and love the people that we have around us while we can, because yeah. you never know, you know, when it's going to be that I last, that last, I love you or that last, you know, goodbye or whatever. But, um, you know, back to your question, you know, sometimes I just, I really don't know, you know, I've, I tried all. I've done grief share. 
Uh, I do therapy. You know, I'm in various groups, you know, for parents because it, it is grief can be very lonely, yeah. you know, um, especially when it's your child. Yeah. You know, Imagine. that is just something that you just never get over, you know. And, uh, you know, I've even had some moments of not even wanting to live myself, mm-hmm. you know, um, or just wondering, you know, what my purpose is or, you know, what my legacy will be. I used to speak on generational wealth all the time and, you know, talk about how my daughter would take over the businesses and all of this stuff. And now I got all these businesses and all this money and nobody to leave it to. Jesus. Wow. You know, so, um, and then what was your question again, Sarah? How do you get through survivor's remorse? Survivor's remorse, you know? So that's another real thing because, you know, I, it, it, it's crazy that it, it was not me. Mm. that it was my daughter instead you know she had not even begun to live um and you know I'm not a person that feels like I know everything I don't know how you get past it I don't know how I get past it it's something that I have to work through on a daily basis how do you um not live in fear I think that when you hear these different stories you know, it just right now in the world is so crazy, right? It just, is. There's just so many different things happening. And um, I text my dad uh, this morning, all of my life insurance information. And he called me. He's like, are you good? And I was like, yeah, I'm just, just, you know, just taking precautions, you know. And I'm like, Lord, let me not live in fear because we don't. You're right. We don't think about losing our children. Mm-hmm. My fear right now is like, God, let me just be here to see my baby grow up and make sure he's okay. Mm-hmm. And it's like I'm trying to not live in this moment of fear, especially when it's unexpected death. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's like, how do we get past yeah, that? Yeah, I think know? it's really tough. You know, we have to stay prayed up, you know, yeah. but uh, we do have to be cognizant that it's a real thing. And I think the closer that it gets to home, you know, before my daughter, my daughter funeral is probably only the second funeral I've ever been to in my life. Wow. It's definitely the first funeral that I ever had to sit in the front row. Mm-hmm. And the, the first funeral where the first seat was designated for me yeah you know um oh jesus and it's a it's it's a a very surreal moment you know Mm -hmm. it's a nightmare you know to look down and see your child in a casket Mm -hmm. too i used to see like those little memes and them quotes you know we all on instagram we see you know you know i i i I haven't been the same since i had to close the casket on my favorite person and da 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 and i used to think oh god that is just so yeah terrible Mm -hmm. but until you actually live it Mm -hmm. it 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 really means something when you and and I kind of was tricked into closing the casket on on my daughter you know I they told me I was putting like a little crown on her head and then it was time to close the casket and so they closed it and and I'm literally I'm trying to lift it back up they closing it I'm, I'm like no 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 I'm not ready I am not ready to say goodbye yeah to my child you yeah. know literally had the moments of running out of the funeral home like literally Jesus. at full speed you know wow. what i mean it, it just you know just even seeing her name on there you know um but i think you know the closer that it gets to home you know we the realize hurts, yeah. that yeah. it's a reality and, and i think you said happen. yeah I, I think you said that um 
like you're grieving, right? This grieving process, it hurts. And sometimes you're angry and you're mm-hmm. mad, but mm-hmm. then you also think about the person who passed and it makes you, you said, like you said, leave an impression on people. You just want to be kind. You want to be nice. You want yes. to leave an impression on people. And I don't think it's talked about enough. Like that is hard to do when you're angry yeah, and you're Maybe, mad yes. and you're grieving, but yet you still want to leave a good impression, a lasting impression. Or what was the last impression they had of me? If I went today, are they going to say she's an F and B, or are they going to say, oh my gosh, she was so, she treated me so well. But how do you treat people so well? And how do you be nice and happy and cheery when you're mad and you're angry and you don't understand why? It's a lot of days that I'm not happy and cheery, you know, but I don't really have as much of the anger, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, It's just more so like, dang, that's just really messed up, you know? And I can't believe that, excuse me, that this is what God had in store for my daughter's story, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, you know, for me, and you know, people even say to this, oh God, you're so blessed, you're so blessed. And it's like, you know, I mean, my first thing that I thought when it happened, you know, I literally called out to God and I said, what did I do wrong? You know, why? I try mm-hmm. to help so many people, you know, I try to, you know, teach people, <laughs> you know, like, why would you take my only child from me? Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's made me question, so many things and I necessarily question God, but it has made me question exactly what happens when we pass, you mm. know, because I think as a mother, you know, you always like want to make sure that your child is okay. Mm. And, you know, so I have questions like, you know, like, did she call out for me? Was she scared? Yeah. You know, taking that journey, you know, was she nervous? I can't believe she had to go through that before I did Yeah. and go through that by herself, you know, and damn, where is she? You know, is, is there a purgatory? Do we just, are we just dead sleep resting, you know, in our grave or do we automatically go to heaven? You know, is there a, another dimension, you know, and it's, People will tell you all day long, and I know y'all talk about religion a lot on this podcast. I've seen, you know, <laughs> yeah. several episodes, and I, I will tell you, I'm the first to would not tell you I know everything at all. Period. I'm not the most religious person. I do believe in God, you know, but I think that the Bible is very wishy washy. There's so much different dialogue on what happens, mm-hmm. you know, when we when we die, you know, and as a mother, that's been one of my biggest worries and my biggest concerns. It's like, is my daughter okay? You know, mm-hmm. or she looking down on me? Is she like, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's you funny. Know, people are always like, oh yeah, she's with you, she's with you, and I'm like, where, where is she? Yeah. <laughs> when she was with me, I was able to hug and talk right. to you know. But yeah, so I um <clears throat> I lost my mother when I was 11. I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, and I went through the same thing of just being. I remember being on that front row, and I'm like what is happening right now? And, and and even when my dad told us that she passed away, she was sick with cancer, the day he told us, I still couldn't really grasp it, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I cried because everybody else was crying. I was sad, but it just didn't hit me. Mm-hmm. Went to the funeral home. Okay, I see that body. Looks like her, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I remember the funeral looking at her hands. I was like, those are my mom's hands. Because I used to be so in love with her hands. I thought she had the prettiest hands ever. And then I touched them. And I was like, whoa. Because they were cold. That's when it hit me. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God. And honestly, it shook my faith. Mm -hmm. Because I believed so much that God was going to heal her. Mm-hmm. Because he says by our, by his stripes we are healed. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, God, why? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was talking to my therapist the other day. And I'm like, 
you know, I was always taught not to question God. And he said, how can you not question him and be in relationship with him? Absolutely. So if we are in a relationship with each other, I got questions. And it's not that yeah. we're questioning our belief in God. Yes, it's mm-hmm. not that. Not at all. You know what I mean? But sometimes but, you hey, do. To be yeah, honest, sometimes yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Or just yep. why, how could you let this happen? I find myself feeling very selfish because, sorry, guys. <laughs> You guys know that my dad is sick mm-hmm. and he's on his second battle with cancer. And I, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry because you're talking about your daughter who's gone and your friend who's gone and your mother who's gone. And I think about my dad and I'm not ready for him to be gone. Yeah. Oh, shit. Sorry. And I think about the fear and what I have to do. Like, I, I, I have these moments of, like my mom will be like, Sarah, don't you forget who you are. Don't you forget how powerful you are. Don't you forget that there's power in your mouth and, and what you say. And so I have these fights with myself, mm-hmm. like, like, but I want my dad to walk me down the aisle one day, Yeah, you know, and I have all of these, these, these things. And it's like, damn, Sarah, your dad is still here. Mm-hmm. He is 67 years old. And some people will met Jackie's children will mm-hmm. never get to experience their mm-hmm. mother at 67 years old. Mm-hmm. And that is like selfish. I feel selfish. Mm-hmm. And a part of me also feels like, like oh, my dad has surgery on June 13th. Mm-hmm. I don't know when this is going to air. It is his second time battling cancer. Things don't look I'm going to say we're just we're just trusting and believing in a miracle for all the things that are going to happen. I'm trusting and believing in a miracle. But when I hear conversations like this, it reminds me that I'm human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It reminds me that I don't have control. It reminds me that nothing is really in my hands, including life itself. And it reminds me to be present with yes. the people that you love. Yeah. Like really, when you say I love you, mean it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like really, when you hug people, bring them in and feel it mm-hmm. because you never know. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful, Ernestine, you were talking about how you guys had an opportunity to hang out fairly close to when the that happened. Mm-hmm. And, and not that that makes a difference because it never really makes a difference saying goodbye to somebody that you love. But I'm just over here listening and, and I'm like, God damn, you guys are so strong yeah you know god gives you the strength you know it's not that we're so strong (laughs) where we're weak he's strong yeah and i have just learned that through it all it's funny because at 11 like you said you've had 67 years and i only had 11 but it doesn't make the hurt any different right like Mm. your hurt i feel that same hurt even now now it does it does it get easier yes it gets easier as time time heals right um, but there are moments in my life, like when I had my child, mm. I wanted my mama so bad. Mm. You know, it's like, why was she not there? Um, when I'm dealing with, you know, just my own life and just things that I just want to run to her and just cry in her arms. But that's what we have to. And I know it sounds so cliche, but honestly, if you practice it, that's when we have to just run into the arms of Jesus. Yeah. That is when I get on my knees and I pour out my heart to him yeah. and I talk to him like I'm talking to my mama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I stand up and I'm like, okay, 
I can get through this next moment. Yeah. And like you said, it's just day by day. And sometimes moment, it's minute by minute. Minute Ooh, by minute. Girl. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Girl. Absolutely. Wow. It's I, definitely um um it's way more empowering to choose faith over fear, mm-hmm. but it's so human to be fearful. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And just to say like I'm scared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but not to live there, acknowledge it and move forward, but Sheesh, this is... I love how you said on the tombstone, it says a mother, a grandmother, friend. And it's like it's like that quote says, people will not remember what you did, but how you made, made them, them feel. feel. Yes. And it's like, I'm I'm literally battling with that right now. I'm like, I want to get back to that, like, Ernestine who makes everybody feel good. But I feel like I'm dealing with, and not even just the recent things that happened, but I just feel like I'm dealing for the last three years. I've been dealing with so much life stuff that it is like stolen my spirit like mm. my everyone used to always tell me you have your you have your grandma's spirit you have your grandma's spirit you're so gregarious that smile is infectious you make everybody around you feel good and i was i've always lived my life like that and the last three years have been so heavy and so hard i feel like it stripped me of that mm. and i'm like god how do i get back to that how do i get to but make you know what tell sometimes you-, you need somebody to make you feel good yeah, yeah. you know mm. you can't always be that person in every single walk of your life yeah mm-hmm. you know and you still do you mm-hmm. haven't lost that. That's so true. Every day that we talk, mm-hmm. I feel better when I get off the phone. I know your friends feel it. I see, I see. You still do. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just, I, I feel like I don't. I just feel like I, it. I'm, I told you I'm reading this book called The Bait of Satan, and how um, the spirit of offense strips you of things. Like when you're offended by things, mm-hmm. and you live in that, you let the spirit of offense take over you. It yes. manifests in you being bitter. It manifests in you be over, overly aggressive. It manifests in you being hard. And I'm like, oh wow, that has happened to me. Like I feel like mm-hmm. the spirit of offense has taken over me, and it's made me bitter and hard and aggressive. And I'm like, I never used to be like that, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm, sh- I'm just trying to shake that off me but the more you think you're shaking something off you like hit you with another curveball oh a death in the family oh i lost my child oh i lost a parent oh this one's sick this you're getting slandered on the internet you're being dragged you, you know what i mean like your money's funny now it's your health is funny and it's like oh my god yeah. how much how much more can mm-hmm. i take them to look at like a punching bag yeah yeah Right, let's everybody just breathe. Right. <laughs> just I'm literally breathe. like oh i think those are the things too <sighs> you know like sitting on a platform like this, you know, that thousands of people are going to look at and watch. Those are the things that make us relatable to other people. Not necessarily, you know, how good we look, you know, our jewelry, our hair. It's but you are shining, that- I ain't going to lie. She came in here, over here. She came in here with all her diamonds. Oh, you hear no, me? This ain't no, even no, all, ain't all <laughs> <laughs> Let but, me do a little you know, razzle Those dazzle. life experiences, yeah. you know, are, are what makes you relatable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because... I had, I mean, literally my life has been a roller coaster ride within the past year and a half. I got, I literally got married and lost my only child in one year. Mm. Had this super grand quarter million dollar wedding, you know, and then literally, you know, but I get so many people now that contact me more telling me about what's going on in their life, who they lost, you know, and just telling me that seeing me get up, you know what I mean? And just try to do some of the normal things, you know, that yeah. I've, I've done in life, you know. So a lot of stuff that's not important to me. You know, I had to really sit down and have a, a, a conversation with my business partner and let him know, hey, things are going to be a little different, yeah. you know, going forward. This is not the same Snoop, you know, that was 
wanting to go open up a million restaurants and do this and do that. Now, hey, by the time we sell 10 franchises, I probably want to be bought out or we can sell the company. You I'm know, trying to do an island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm already doing that, baby. This year. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working on some things. So, you know, and, and that's what happens with us in life. You know, yeah. life experiences change things for us. And, you know, our priorities change, our wants and needs. You mm. know, my wants and needs and my marriage change. I'm not the same person I was when I got married to 22, 22. Mm. Wow. You know, then I lost my daughter 10 to 22. Mm. You know, so... um there were things that I realized I wanted and needed that I never would have thought of yeah. before going through something like this. Yeah. You know, so um and 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 that's the thing, you know, it's those life experiences that make us and that make you guys relatable and make people want to continue to watch your podcast. It's not necessarily the accomplishments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has it um has this experience made you and your wife grow stronger together or has it cuz I know that um so initially you know, one, I don't think that we had enough of a foundation mm-hmm. when this happened mm-hmm. um, for it to make us grow stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I had never lost anybody close to me. My daughter mm-hmm. is the first person close to me that mm-hmm. I had lost, mm-hmm. uh, that I have lost. And it definitely caused me to develop a deeper level of empathy, you know, mm-hmm. just for humankind, just yeah. for people. Yeah. You know, um, I would have been one of them same type of people, you know, somebody pass in my condolences, send a little flower plant and, and go on, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, now, you know, I'm going to hit you up every day. Hey, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm coming to check on you. You yeah. got to tell me what you need. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because Pulling I've up. been there. I've, I've experienced it. Um, with my wife and I, it definitely caused, um, some separation between us, mm-hmm. um, we are definitely in a better place now. Uh, but, you know, just honestly speaking, like I said, I keep it real. I'm not going to come on this podcast and lie to anybody. You know, when my daughter first passed, you know, a couple of people have sent us um, the statistics, you know, of like 60 percent of married couples get a divorce mm. after losing a child. Mm-hmm. And that's even when when it's both of their child. Mm-hmm. Now, this wasn't my wife's daughter. Right. Mm-hmm. This was my daughter. Mm-hmm. My wife had only known her and was learning to be a, a bonus mom, mm-hmm. you know, within the past three years, mm-hmm. you know. So um, our level of grief is different, yeah. you know. Don't get me wrong. My wife misses her and, and she she loves her. And, and, you know, it was hard on her mm-hmm. as well. She was with me when I found her. That in itself mm-hmm. is a traumatic experience. She on the phone with 911. I'm, you know what I mean? They trying to tell us how to do CPR, all of this stuff. So, you know, just even going through something like that, that is something that eventually will bring us closer. Mm-hmm. But we are two humans, you know, so, mm-hmm. so let's just keep it real. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, so for me, one, I had never really lost anybody. My wife is used to me being this super strong person, rarely crying, any of that stuff, you know what I'm saying? Um, head of the household, you know, and initially I felt like she should just know Mm. what I wanted and needed, Yeah, you know, but people aren't going to just automatically know, you know, you got to tell people a lot of times you know, what you want to need. And especially in a situation like this, I thought that she should just go and, you know, 
go to support groups and read books and read articles. Hey, if you can be on Instagram, you can be reading blogs or you yeah. can be, you know, in a class. Or- um, and it just don't work like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's fairy tale speaking. However, but once you actually tell somebody what you need, then they should give it to you. Yeah. You know, you should see, you know, the growth in that. And I have seen the growth in that. So I do think that eventually, um, we will be able to look back um, on this and it will be something that will bring us together. Yeah. But um, initially, you know, it definitely and, you know, people grieve differently. Yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think for me, you know, in the beginning, I mean, even last night, you know, I had a moment. I watched Dateline a lot and, you know, at and there's like an investigation with my daughter's case and stuff like that. And, you know, you just never expect to experience the things that you're watching on TV. TV, And, you know, my wife was trying to get a good night's rest, Mm -hmm. you know, sleeping in bed next to me. She was asleep. I can't really sleep at night at all since my daughter has passed. And, um, they were talking about something. I mean, it just, it just hit me. It triggered me. And I mean, literally, you know, just crying so hard. I get up and I just went to like, the toilet room and the bathroom, you know, cause I didn't want to wake her up. And like, those are just real moments, you know, mm-hmm. when you just cry so hard, it literally takes your breath away, you yeah. know, but oh. you know, like you kind of just like trying to keep it to yourself. And, and I could have woke her up. She absolutely would have been there for me, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. Hey, oh, this is damn near every night occasion. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um, but you know, I do think that, when couples go through things like this, you know, whether it's any type of loss, you know, um, and because, you know, people have different relationships, you know, with that person is going to hit people differently. You got some people, they grieve, they want to go out and, you know, they grieve and and everybody just grieves in various different ways. You know, that communication is extremely important. You know, sometimes joint therapy together, Mm -hmm. you know, is needed. Um, and you know, a lot of times you just have to tell people what you need, you know, and decide, Hey, we're not going to let this tear us apart. You know, we're going to make it through this and we're going to work through this. And, you know, I won't always be this way. You know, I'll probably never be the person that I was before my daughter passed. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, I even look at pictures of myself and I can literally, I can see a picture and I can tell if it was taken before my daughter passed mm-hmm. or after, because just my smile is not as bright. My yeah. eyes don't shine the mm-hmm. way that they used to, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I, I normally am a type of person. I love to, I, I, I used to say that when the dirt hit me, when my casket dropped, it's going to be with very few regrets because I lived life to the wheels fell off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not that same way anymore. You know, I don't, you know, normally our house, everybody coming over, pool parties, this, you know, dinners, this, every holiday, you know, and now it's crickets, Mm. (laughs) you know, on those holidays, you know, now people still are checking on us and want to come over, but you know, it's just, what do I look like still throwing a Memorial Day pool party and my daughter just passed eight months ago, you know? So, um, you know, it's different, you mm-hmm. know, it's different. It, it, it changes things. And I think that also too, sometimes people will feel like that they're being there for you, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and they may not be, you know, in the way that you need them mm-hmm. to be, yeah. you know? So, 
uh, with it's my, almost like a love language. Like you don't, absolutely. you don't know how a person needs you to show up for them yep. while they're grieving. Cause you've mm-hmm. never experienced that with them before. So it was like, does she want me to send flowers? Does she want me to pull up? Does she want me to not call? Does she want me to yep. call? Does she want me to send a text? Like you don't know yep. when someone's grieving. Yep. And, and so like weird. for me and my wife, you know, her, one of how, one of the ways she shows me love, you know, she's going to cater to me to the utmost. I literally barely have to move an inch when I'm <laughs> in my house. You know what I'm saying? She's going to bring everything to me that da, 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 but you know, I may just want to cry in your lap mm-hmm. when I've never laid in your lap ever before. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, and but I think that it can also bring people together because it creates a level of vulnerability yes. too. And I think that in marriage and in couples, you can't really have that true love until both people can be truly vulnerable. Yeah. You can't have that true love and that true trust yeah. until that happens. Both stripped, both naked. Mm-hmm. This has been, uh, I'm like, I'm going to lighten the load a little bit because I'm like, <laughs> ooh, Jesus. I, let's talk about your skincare routine because I'm looking, <laughs> at, I'm looking at you through these glasses and I'm like, she ain't got an acne, a scar on her. Not I'm like, is it just water or what is it? <laughs> Really more so just water and dove <laughs> and I got like a little Sick. cream that I use every now and again. I used to have something that I did and everybody thought I was so crazy. And they'd be like, what, man, Vaseline caught your pores. But if I ever my got a little mom, bump, I put a little that. Vaseline on yep. it. I don't know if it's a Detroit thing. It's everybody Detroit in my thing. family do it. And, um... But yeah, man, just, I guess that's one of the things. Your skin is blessed, beautiful. You know? yes. Thank you. I appreciate that. My mom uses Vaseline. When she, she, we from LA, but she uses Vaseline and she rubs ice on her face at night. She's been doing that oh, since I was little. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that. Your pores. I can ice cube, but She just rubs across it I every night since I was mama. little. Yeah. yeah. Ice, ice closes your pores. You should actually do an ice bath with your face every morning. Mm. It just shrinks your pores. Yeah. Oh, that's what yeah. she was doing. And oh, my dad, he shaves and then he layers Vaseline. I'm like, but he has the most beautiful skin. I'm like, it's crazy. Good old Vaseline. You know what I said? I used to always say, if if the government wanted to poison all black people by putting something in in something that we all buy, I said, oh, Vaseline for sure. Mm -hmm. Everybody got Vaseline. We used to put it on our legs. I ain't even gonna lie. That was like our lotion. Now I use black tie body butter Uh, by Amber Tie. (laughs) (laughs) Shameless plug. Yeah. Also, uh, your partner is 2 chains. Like, hello? Like, 2 chains. The award-winning 2 chains. How did that come about? Oh my God, it's such a long story, which is on my website, whoissnoop.com. But um, it, just in short, basically what ended up happening, um, I used to own a spot called the Hookah Hideaway. Yes. Have either of you guys ever went? No, but I heard of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Off the chain, y'all. We, we inspired the after hours to start doing after hours. Facts. But anyway, so I own this spot called the Hookah Hideaway. Um, it was extremely successful. And whenever I do something that's success- successful, it's always like, okay, well, let me duplicate it. Let's do it again. You know what I mean? Let's do another location. And so wanted to do another location here in Atlanta and um, was, was just looking for something. And my realtor was good friends with his realtor and business manager at the time. And so uh, this is actually a very interesting story. So I'll try to tell it as quickly as possible. But I was going out of town to Jamaica. It was like one of my first times ever going out the country. I was super excited when I tell y'all everything went wrong about this trip. (laughs) Long story short, I came back and something that was like a business dispute in my past came up and there was actually a warrant out for my arrest that I didn't know. So I had a newspaper company. It was a printing printing company that I had owed some money to because one of the staff members had stolen all of the money out of the business account. So the last check, um, the last check, it bounced um, and it was 
10, like $10 over $5,000, which is considered a felony mm. in Tennessee. Oof. And at the time, one, I didn't have the money to be given to them. <laughs> no way. Two, you know, I'm naively thinking, okay, this is going to disappear. This is, this is now y'all probably five years later. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm coming back from Jamaica, going through customs. Um, some officers come up to me. They're like, you're my shell dealer. I'm like, yes, you know. Who's hey. asking? <laughs> <laughs> and um, long story short, you know, they grab me, take me to the back, and they're like, you know, did you know you have a warrant for your arrest in Tennessee in Rutherford County? I'm like, no, but I did used to live in Tennessee, so I guess it's possible. Um, so they end up telling me what it's about. They call. They're like, you know, we need to see if they want to keep you, if they want to come get you. And so they said, yes, we want her extradited. And so then they took me to Clayton County Jail. Mm, yep. Not Clayco. Ooh. Girl. Oh, Jesus. The, oh. Worst, the worst county jail mm. in, um, in Georgia. So anyway, they take me to Clayton County Jail. And now right before I had went on this trip to Jamaica, I had put in an application on this spot that I wanted. Mm-hmm. It was on Peter Street. And because when I first moved here, there were all these like black owned bars on Peter Street. Street. Now I'm coming from Nashville, Tennessee, where this is not the norm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I was inspired. I'm like, I'm going back to Peter Street. Now I'm going to own some on Peter Street. So I had put an application. Um, Long story short, um, I I was in jail and maybe about a week um, into being in jail. And, and this is Jeez, far too long. long. Okay, right, okay, girl. Lord. I ended up staying there for two weeks, being extradited in a paddy wagon, the most horrible experience oh. ever. But anyway, so while I'm in jail, I call a, a friend of mine. I call him, and I'm like, "Hey, you know, I need some good news. Do me a favor and call my voicemail so I can check my messages. I want to see, you know, if that realtor has gotten back to me on that property." And so I had a voicemail from him. It just was, oh, hey, you know, give me a call when you get a chance. I said, you know, go ahead and call him on three-way. Mm-hmm. You know, so he calls him and I'm speaking with him, him and he's like, uh, hey, you know, well, you know, that property that you had put an application on, he was like, you know, they don't want um, any more lounges, you know, in their building. But there's actually another property that's on that same street that's owned by a, a famous rapper that's from Atlanta and he's actually heard of you and he wants to do business with you. And so I have two thoughts with that. One, who is this rapper? Right. You know, I don't want to do business with all of them. Right. You know? Facts. And, um, and then secondly, is this really serious? You know? Right. And so anyway, I ask him, I'm like, you know, well, who is it? And he's like two chains. That's why I say to myself, okay, I've seen a few interviews with him. He seems like he got a little sense. Mm-hmm. That may work out. And so I remember thinking when I, I and so I told him I was out of town and I was still out of town. He, <laughs> he didn't even find out until two years later. Well, you were out of town technically. Him, right, <laughs> that I was talking to him from a jail cell. Oh my God. But I ended up skipping up to my little cell that night thinking to myself, I'm going to open up a spot with two chains, told my little cellmate and everything. And <laughs> anyways, I ended up get, getting extradited back to Nashville. They dropped the charges and everything just a waste of my time. But um, while I was going through such a negative, such a down period in my life, I got some of the best news of my life. And mm-hmm. so then we ended up meeting um, two days after I got out. He didn't even know. He he didn't even hear about this story until I recorded a video about it and put it on my website and put it on Instagram. Yeah. He was like, girl, you something else. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was how we met. Um, and we've been, you know, doing business, making history ever since, you know, 
Uh, we've had five restaurants together. Yeah. We've got five franchise locations. It. I also got Remedy Salon Suites that I own by myself. Five franchise locations, four locations, you know, here in Atlanta. So definitely, you know, in the midst of tragedy have been very, very yes. blessed in yeah. my life, you know, and that's that's extremely humbling. You're mm-hmm. an inspiration, man. Absolutely. You're such Thank an inspiration you. I to us that. all. I, I have a question for you. It's uh, it's a it's a rough, well, it's a serious question mm-hmm. because you are, like, people in Atlanta know who you are. Mm-hmm. You're like Atlanta royalty. Mm-hmm. Um, you're Thank definitely you. one of the cool kids. <laughs> and, um, you know, you being such a, a, a well-known person, obviously like blogs and your 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 partner is two chains and how do you deal with the heat that comes with who you are inside of this environment like when people try to come for you or your character or anything else how do you mm-hmm. deal with that well you have to just really really know yourself yeah. you know like what they're trying to do with you know y'all friend you mm-hmm. know right now and and i don't care who you are that stuff can be very hurtful yeah. Yeah. you know what i mean yeah. especially when you are already hurting mm-hmm. you know uh, i mean i have people you know making fake pages you know when my daughter passed and you know just saying all type of stuff you know you shouldn't have married your wife you know and mm-hmm. you know just just you know oh she passed she was 22 and passed on 10 222. You got married on 22222. Yeah. 22. You don't think it's something ominous about that, mm. you know? And all of that stuff, you know, we've had, you know, situations where, you know, we've, you know, gone through things within our restaurant that were extremely blown up because mm. my partner is two change, you know, mm. landed us on shade room and the thing, things of that nature. You just have to really, truly stay grounded, stay focused. You got to know why you're doing it. And a lot of times you have to be able to shut that stuff up, yeah. you know, and sometimes it's hard. You know, I when my daughter passed, I got off Instagram for about two months. I would love to get off now, mm. you know, but it's like yeah. I got I got so many things, you know, that's going on. You know, you know, you go through something like that. You lose somebody. I probably was getting maybe four thousand views, you know, a day on my story. Man, I got on Instagram just for a second. A couple of days after my daughter passed, I had 100,000 views on my story. Mm. Because people want to know, okay, how are you that's normally so up and yeah. having all this going on? How are you going to handle this? Yeah. yeah. You know? We want to see and, how you're grieving. Yeah. And it's just a lot of people that, that like to see people down. Yeah. You know, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. And so another thing about me Sickness. is like I... A lot of people know me, but they don't know me. Yeah. You know, I don't hang in a lot of the circles. You know, I, you know, I know everybody. I support people. You know what I'm saying? But I, I kind of stay to myself. Yeah, you, know? you do. <laughs> I, I, I keep it real. You know what I mean? I got my people that, you know, I've come up with and, you know, if I meet somebody and they cool, you know, I'm willing to, you know, get to know them, but I don't have to go everywhere with everybody. I don't have to look for new people. I don't have to look for friends just because, you know, you the new millionaire on the scene or you also had a quarter million dollar wedding or whatever. <laughs> I don't have to be, go be friends with yeah. you. Right. Ooh. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I am totally comfortable walking into a room by myself. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, to any event, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think when you like that, you know, it, it can be easy sometimes to you know shut people out you just always gotta you know no matter what you're doing stay humble and remember who you are you know Mm -hmm. i in all the circles and you know i've been in atlanta just as long as you've been in atlanta so you know everyone kind of knows everybody Mm -hmm. ears to the street and i hear your name a lot like in the entrepreneur circles but you're right you don't be all in the mix like Mm -hmm. you in the mix but not in the mix you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. i i I really admire that about you i appreciate that yeah Mm -hmm. appreciate that 
Well, ladies, this has been um, whew, a heavy episode. Yeah. <laughs> this has been a heavy episode, but also healing. Um, and I know this episode is probably going to free a lot of people um, just from grief, from strongholds, from emotional blockages. But we're going to get into some hard non-negotiables. Yes, <laughs> let me get to my fun, list. <laughs> Sarah, fun, Sarah, non-negotiables. <laughs> Fun. Where we give, we're going to just rapid best. fire. We're going to each ask you a question. You let us know if it's non-negotiable, if it's a yes or Ooh. no. And Can we'll, I go first? And we'll move on. Yes. Okay. Sarah, you go first. Do you ever, is it non-negotiable? I don't know how to ask the question. Do you submit to your person, to your wife? Yes, I, I, I will. Oh you know, um, I think everybody should at some point. You know, submit whether you male, woman, female, head of the household, you know, whatever. So we laugh. Yeah. How is that a fun? How is, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, okay. I think she does okay, it on okay. Seriously, no, no. I, I got a new one. 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 I got a new one, y'all. She does it on purpose. This is like her thing. No, I have a list. You're going to know her for not Look at this list, y'all. Y'all just think they're all trash, okay? Okay, because they are. Okay. We said fun, rapid fire, silly. She said, do you submit to your friends? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. We said, one. Will do will you next? She can't even ask the question. Okay, my <laughs> no, name. I got I got okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Um cuddling through the night. Is it non-negotiable? Oh, 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 oh no. my god. Oh, 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 I gotta cuddle all uh, throughout the night. I get hot. We can start <laughs> off cuddling a little bit, you know, but then you nah, roll over? Uh, okay. it, it is not non-negotiable. Okay. <laughs> Here's mine, it's non-negotiable. My hard non hard non-negotiable. If you had to wear one the rest of your life, would you wear heels or a dress? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> that is so funny. Ooh, that's so good. That's so funny because I had told my daughter that I was going to dress up that, that Halloween she passed, uh, you know, back in my feminist stuff, you yeah. know, for her. <laughs> Damn, which one? I, it, I guess it would have to be a dress. You know, y'all, that's yeah. why I dress like this now. Them heels, I don't see how y'all do it. I'm, I'm on a kitten heel, baby. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of short. Man. <laughs> okay, dress. Got it, Amber. Okay, you have a romantic night with your spouse. And you can choose one of the two singers to come and serenade y'all. Ooh. Tank or Usher? Ooh. Usher. Ooh, my girl. Come on now. <laughs> I love me some Usher, honey. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I do, I, I, tank, I, 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 I do appreciate but, Tank as yes, well. Yes. Yes. some hitters. But I mean, uh, tank, tank gives you, he, Tank is like, bring out the freak. You know, you, you, he be ready to get some. Uh, I'm, I when we, I'm a happily yes, married yeah, woman. Yeah. I don't look at anybody yeah. else. <laughs> no, other than my husband. She don't look at the music. Oh, yeah. You know, when we, right. Y'all know that song? No one, no one, no one else's music makes me. Does it for me like a Jay Morrison oh, lecture? Oh, you sound like saying like that. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. All right, guys. So as, as we know, we end every episode on a word of the day. We know that life and death lies in the power of the tongue. Yes. We speak and give authority. We author our words. So, Amber? Yes, you? I'm going to take that. Amber is going to take the word of the day today. So I am um, really loving how God is teaching me and showing me what things to say. And he gave me this word earlier today. And I said, God, I'm only going to use it when it fits. And the word is restoration. Ah. And the definition definition is the action of returning something to a former owner, place or condition. And I thought about what you said, Snoop, you know, you said, where's your daughter? Where are these different things? I pray right now that God restores the joy mm. for all of us. Yeah. And for those who are out there suffering with losses, 
you know, suffering with health issues. I just pray for restoration right now in your life that he would give you back everything that you ever had, mm. everything that the devil ever tried to take from you, whether it was a job or a loved one. That person may not be here, but I pray that the restoration of joy will enter your life That's again. Good. Yes. That's good. Yes. This has been like a phenomenal that. episode. Snoop, thank you so much for blessing thank us. Thank you all for having with me, your man. Story, I appreciate energy. Sheesh. We appreciate you, as you all know. Um, we're here each and every Wednesday. And shout out to the Legacy Center. Oh, the yes. Legacy Center here in East Point, Georgia, Greater Atlanta area. is a 30,000 square foot building. It is an event space, a media space. Come host an event. 30,000 square feet on 2.1 acres of land. You can have a wedding here, a ceremony, a conference, a seminar, a meetup. Or you can shoot your podcast hey. podcast right here in our Oprah Winfrey um, content studio. So <laughs> go to LegacyCenter.com to rent space here or to have an event here and we will see you next Wednesday on another episode of It's It's Non-Negotiable.